the most energy you'll ever expel is during orgasm. It's, it's not just because of the orgasm, it's the moments before the orgasm, the moments that you, you keep inside of yourself and you'll feel yourself when you're about to come, like enter yourself a little bit Mm -hmm. and then you expel. So you contract and you expand and that energy, that specific moment is where your magic is. Welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. Every episode, we sit down with comedians, sex experts, and other notable people to share the most fascinating stories about love and sexuality. And now we're coming at you twice a week on Mondays and Wednesdays. So tune in. Welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm Courtney Kosak. I'm Sophie Alexandra. I'm Dave Rankin. Monster Truck Dave! (laughs) It's like Death Metal Dave. Death Metal Dave. Death Metal Dave may be my favorite Dave. Is it Satanism Dave? It is. I was feeling that, those vibes. Yeah, so... We have Rachel Evans on the podcast today. You guys, I have been standing her Instagram for a second. I didn't outright say that, but it's true. Um, <laughs> if you want some dope ass ass shots, ass shots, she just, it's like an enjoyable presence. I highly recommend today we talk about it. She posted a beautiful picture of her ass. Uh, she is a host um all around town. Uh, no, she, <laughs> uh, especially uh, a wrestling podcast. Yeah. Uh, the things she introduces us to that are like part of her world are so interesting because they're so outside of our world, right? Yeah. She introduced us to uh, wrestling, which none of the three of us mm-hmm. are really big wrestling people, but the appreciation that we've fostered a, uh, like we're gonna go now. Yeah, we're right. gonna go. We're to gonna go. <laughs> and then she also talks about being a Satanist, which it, is so interesting and not at all what you think it is. That she yeah. humanized all of these things, you know, yeah. these c- counterculture things. That I'm like, oh, we d- oh I didn't know again. It was like that. We talk about uh, masturbate, like setting an intention while you masturbate. Yeah, I think she gave us the deepest dive on that, which I thought was like, yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting cool. and cool. She's awesome. The first time she masturbated, it was... You guys just enjoy the interview. interview. (laughs) You guys, we are here with Rachel Evans, host extraordinaire. You can check out her work on Snarled, Best of the Rest. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Snarled, I have like a like a true crime kind of horror show on that called Dark Five. Hell yeah. Best of the rest is on Pro Wrestling Sheet Radio. It's a wrestling thing. Instagram where yes. I just saw your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Literally just posted my butt. Girl. She was you like know three minutes ago. Yes. <laughs> Monday. Sorry, haters. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly correct. Cause I've had so many conversations. Like I've had conversations with my mom about my butt, uh, with my coworkers. And I'm, when I got hired where I work now, I was like, you will see my butt. You will. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. That's what I say when I started a new job. That is the sexiest threat I have ever I, yeah. heard. I want everyone in my life to just threaten me sexily with <laughs> pictures of their butt. You will see my thighs. So, <laughs> I uh, posted an ass shot on Instagram. We talked about it on the podcast. I posted an ass shot. I lost... 40 followers. That happens. Crazy, I, lo- I lose followers when I post pictures of my butt. Do and you? it's oh, kind of my whole personality. No, it's I not. think that's <laughs> insane because yeah. you're giving people a free gift. Okay. Who the fuck wants to return a free gift? There's a lot of psychology behind this. So it's either men who feel, pardon me. Oh, God, how 2012 of me. <laughs> Heteronormative men who feel. Um, inappropriate looking at it or they have girlfriends or like something. Sinful? They feel uncomfortable. Like they'll see you, your face and then all they'll think about is your butthole, which is fine by me. I also have a butthole, you know, whatever. Right, right. But um, 
so there's that there are the ones that are like you know the warriors that are like yeah you know i'm not here for that i love your brain i'm like well it's all part of the same goddamn body so you're allowed to like both of them that um, old chestnut where you cannot more than one thing right i love that duality what's that um and then women don't get to be complex creatures no no, which is interesting. You're because either the Madonna or the whore, or you get the fuck out of here. I mean, we have so many, like, uh, folds. You would think that somebody would peek <laughs> behind them every once in a while, you know? But so yeah. only folds men are interested in. Labia. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Labia. and Majora. <laughs> Menorah. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you so but, much. <laughs> I mean, you can't just be losing followers because you have a nice following. So people are clearly tuning in for the astronauts, right? Well, right I people. like to call it weeding out the cowards. Uh. The cowards, <laughs> they leave. And then new people come in. And those are the people that you want. And also, it's good to curate your audience. So if somebody comments and they're like, I'm going to put my dick in your butt. You need to just very, you know, sternly reply back and be like, I'm not here for that. I don't want that at all. Yeah. I don't like that even a little this bit. This is just a visual thing. Yeah. This is just my butt and I own it and I'm allowed to post it. And also like we're all going to be dead one day. Can we just Can I- appreciate our live butts? Exactly. Exactly. When I die, I'm just going to put on my tombstone. Boobs! Because that's what I put on all the... That's my my comment on every like, single Instagram post. B-E-B-O-B-S. W-B-S. Yeah, yeah. Boobs! Boobs! Yeah. yeah, upside down calculator I can't even style. control it. I have to type it. Those it's guys like are really weird. Excited. The guys are weird when they have to like... They feel the need to take what's in their head and put it onto the ca- in, into the comments. Well, then how will we know? I mean... How will we know that we have boobs if they don't tell us? They're doing us a service. Thank you. You're right. Those were boobs. Yeah, man. The best part about the internet is you can say anything. And the worst part about the internet is that you can say anything. Yeah. I love it. I don't mind pervs. You know, honestly, I don't. But I am a perv. Um, I like it when people are straightforward about it, though, and not like make it shitty. I mean, I feel like the shittiest thing in the world to do is to make somebody feel bad about the thing that they're posting. So, like, for me, what's more just leave, offensive... You, know? you can just leave. The thing that's more offensive than somebody being like, cool, but I'm going to put my penis on it. What's more <laughs> offensive... <laughs> that's kind of cute. What's more yeah, offensive is somebody being like, you don't need to do that, bitch. I know. Like, I, yeah, I know what I need. What do you mean? That's what do a I need very to do? condescending thing that i do not care for like uh, oh honey you have more than that to offer oof. yeah i know i do i, I just offer also that have also. this yeah <laughs> it's a little it's a little like concern trolling a little bit yeah. it's like a kissing cousin of totally yeah when people aren't really concerned about you but they're like oh my god are you eating enough are you okay it's like you're just here for the anorexic porn honestly yes. no one has ever said that to me i think this is good for cfk to hear you know you, you lose some followers but you're gonna gain ultimately oh, yeah. Real ones. i am scared to post something as revealing again i know it doesn't matter don't if you want to post it you just gotta post it don't worry about times don't worry about hashtags don't worry about losing followers like who gives a fuck so you but you were open with your work people i am a little part of me this is my fear is that i'm gonna be up for a job and it's uh, more men than mm-hmm. women in the positions of power that could hire me and somebody's like fucking wife or something is gonna be like oh this one no <laughs> fucking no she's mm-hmm. The thing is, you're not wrong. My friend Hannah Hogan, uh, shout out to Hannah Hogan, super funny comic from Nashville. I read her thing. Yeah. Yeah. She wrote this thing. She wrote a blog post that was basically talking about how uh, she prevented a woman that she found attractive uh, from going on the road with her husband, who's also a comedian. And she was like, I'm writing a thing about this because I want to be open. And tell people, like, this is a real thing. So if you're a woman who's, like, missed out on work before, it could have been because of someone like me. And here's, like, why? And here's my insecurities. And here's, like, the thing. And she wasn't proud of it. It wasn't, like, a bragging post. It was, like, I am going to be vulnerable enough to let people know that sometimes you're weak and insecure. And sometimes you do shit that, in the end, you're like, oh, this doesn't make me look good. But at the end, I did what I thought was right for me and my relationship. And it's not pretty. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's totally fair. I mean, I work in wrestling. Like, <laughs> I get it. I work in wrestling in comic books. Like, I understand working in a male-dominated world. 
Um, and that is very real. And I do a lot of magical thinking. Like if I think it, it is so, and Mm, that is my world. That's my perspective. Like you can't change what's happening inside of my brain, no matter what. So you can treat me however you want and I can lose things because of it. But, uh, it's not going to affect my psyche. And I think that's the most important thing. That's the strongest thing I have. Um, that in my thighs <laughs> very strong <laughs> but yeah no i totally understand that fear and it's real like as you said it's super real but i don't know i i i think that what i gain from it is so much greater than what i lose that i choose not to care i have to choose not to care or else it would destroy me because if you start caring about that then you're policing yourself constantly. I know. It sucks. It does suck. What else are you going to allow right. to take away to from dictate you? dictate from What you? else are you yeah. going to allow somebody to take exactly. away from you? Similar to this, that, that fear though. So I reached out to someone, I'm going to New York and I reached out to someone that I wanted to interview who is like a middle-aged man. And I was like, my daytime availability is really shoddy. This is a person that I think would normally probably take me up on the offer for press. <laughs> you know, I, enthousi- I enthusiastically offered to interview them and try to place that at a good publication. And I think that he didn't say no, but redirected me because uh, it was like a DM. Such I didn't have an email. I couldn't find an email. But it is like a married man. And Wade, my boyfriend, was like, oh, yeah, he can't try to meet up with you in the evening. He could meet up with a man. He could meet if Dave tried to interview him, he could probably get a drink with him at 6 p.m. That's some shit. That's so the interview. Isn't that fucking weird? Just control yourself. Like, just be a human. Yeah. What? Can't you just be a person after 6 p.m.? I don't think it was him being like, I... Optics? I think it was optics. Okay. But it's like that weird mother right. shit with the... It's like that weird mother shit with the vice president. Pence, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like, if you don't trust yourself to be left alone with a woman... Yeah. I don't... But it's I, how I don't looks. trust your relationship at all. But it's how like, it looks to who? Other people who are like you who do not understand how, like, relationships work? Yeah, like, I who think long as like it depends on the relationship you know like if he spoke with his wife beforehand and she was like it makes me feel weird like fine you know relationships are compromise and balance and i i don't think that bending yourself a little bit to the person to your partner's needs Mm -hmm. is a bad thing like i'm you know that's fine but generally i have an issue with that like as a general you know i have an issue because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bone you like i'm not gonna try so if you try you're the problem exactly (laughs) it honestly made me feel like a little ashamed that i had reached out in that way no and but we can't live our lives defensively just because we're no i know but it and it made me sad that i've probably been held back in like a bunch of other ways that I'm not even aware of just because of optics mm-hmm. or someone not wanting to put themselves in a situation that they would with a man or whatever. Anyway, it's just weird. No, it's, it's the same feeling as when like your male friends, girlfriends hate you just because you're a girl. I'm super and not, not threatening to other women. Like I'm very, I don't know. I don't that know. Picture on the, I mean, <laughs> no, even that, even that the most support I get, my, my audience is mainly women. The really? most support I get are from women That's because dope. I, I'm not, I'm really not threatening. I'm goofy. I'm weird. I'm not like sexual when you meet me in person. Like I'm not like a sexual person. Um, and I know that my, my Instagram presence is very different from that, but generally I don't have a problem with women ever. I have a problem with men. I mm-hmm. always have a problem with men. Where they test your boundaries. They test my boundaries. They test my goddamn patience i mean i just i again i work in wrestling it's a carny world and i'm a carny gal like i love i'm dirty i'm gritty i'm gross and i love that kind of alternative lifestyle and i subscribe to a lot of things in that lifestyle and because of that people put assumptions onto me so i interview wrestlers and anytime i reach out to a wrestler there's always that song and dance of like i will not sleep with you i will speak with you 
and it'll be fine. But generally, if they if they think that we're going to sleep together and we're having an interview and it's a great interview and at the end of it, they're like, OK, ready to sleep with ready for sex. I'm like, OK, bye. And then that's all it has to be. If somebody, I mean, you know, obviously bad things happen. But fortunately for me, it's just been a lot of assumptions and not a lot of uh, shutting people down. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's it's easy enough to just walk away for me. But the hard part, like you said, the hard part is getting past that feeling of shame mm-hmm. that God, why did I even put myself in this position to begin with? Like they they think that I'm just trying to sleep with them. They're going to tell everybody the wrestling world is a lot like the comedy world where you sleep with one person. Every single person knows your business Oh yeah, and they sleep with the same people, but they don't get that kind of uh, you sleep. You're not a wrestler. You sleep with one wrestler. You're a ring rat, but you can is be a, the same thing as a chuckle fucker. Huh? Chuckle fucker. A there's rat. a ring rat. <laughs> I've been called a ring rat so many times because I dated a wrestler. Um, you date who you're around. You date who's in your business. It's like I d- mean, dating anybody else at your work. Exactly. Exactly. And like, I've been called not so much anymore, thankfully, because like I've people were like, oh, she actually likes wrestling. Like, OK, cool. But uh, I've been called that a bunch. And I've just kind of and also in comedy. I started out in comedy. I moved here dating a comedian and I started producing comedy shows and I was nothing but a chuckle fucker, even though I was producing shows. I was working full time like I was getting mine. But still, you choose to sleep with a person. And that's the only thing that people know about you somehow. Boo. So you do have this interesting so you're a conspiracy theorist? <laughs> well, you know, I trust no one. <laughs> uh, you're in the wrestling world, the comedy world, and you're a Satanist. Well, <laughs> hail Satan. Uh, no, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait, I want to dig into those things, but I was thinking as I was like thinking about this interview, I was like, oh, I wonder what her type is. And I also wonder, like, do, Red you, have, horns. do you have dating Tail. experience with each of those kind of guys? And oh, yeah. how are they like, what's the archetype there? My my type is freaks. If you're a freak, I don't care. I like you. Like, I Girl, don't care. Girl, what do you mean by freak? Freak, I, freak on I a mean, leash. all kinds of freaks. I mean, freaks that are like, anybody who doesn't subscribe to like, I don't know. I can't even say that because like just an accountant can be quo- a freak. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. sexual freaks, obviously, but also just like fringe people. Like I like somebody that what I was always, my first crush was Beetlejuice. The first, <laughs> the first person I, I ever masturbated to was Sid Haig from House of a Thousand Corpses. I guess. Mm. Yes. I heard yeah. that on the podcast. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. It's <laughs> not great. I'm sure. I masturbated to brain. Murphy Brown fucking her painter. See, that's really nice though. That's like a very like, that, that's my probably good for your. My mom was like, you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good for your <laughs> psyche, I bet. I was like looking at that clown and I was like, you found love. <laughs> Even though it was like, like a dream about a prostitute but still I I, you know in my head i was like you found love you're a clown i'm a clown um that's just the type of people i grew up with i like was part of this thing called noise house when i was growing up in texas as just a conglomerate of freaks and um wait what so tell what noise house? About noise house so when i was 16 i started working at a bar um and it was called late night pie it got burned down by the owner for insurance money very cool this is very 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 grungy like when i walked in they're like do you smoke cigarettes and i was like no and they're like cool yeah you do and they had this <laughs> huge bucket of camel wides like just loose camel wides that how they would did have you in the get bar. hired at a bar as a 16 year old uh, that's texas. what i want to know this is texas oh, okay, yeah cool. you know texas <laughs> wow um and there was an answer group exactly there was this group of people who went there and worked there and they were part of a house called noise house and it was a oh so fond memories uh it, house of dominatrixes and oh. carnival workers and lucha uh, luchadors and like special effects artists and stuff like that and it was just such a to 
I like weirdos and I like people who can't properly express themselves. And, you know, like I just, I really gravitate to that kind of person. So that kind of person in any form, I don't have a physical type at all. Uh, like 80 pounds to 400 pounds. I've been there. Yeah. My, my exes not, don't look like each other at all. No, no. And I think that's a little bit of fun, you know? That's so <laughs> were your parents, uh strict with you liberal with you what's kind of growing up no my parents are the best um they're still married in 34 years i think i know they've worked together like they met my mom was my dad's boss hell Um, yeah so yeah it was pretty cool get that intern Um, pussy oh wow my mom has a vagina what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) she has a vagina um (laughs) (laughs) that's what the moms have yeah moms have vaginas yeah i thought so um no, they were not strict with me. My, I had, uh, my sister, uh, had a lot of issues growing up, uh, both like mental and disciplinary. So I was a really good kid. I was a really, really, really good kid. Like to make um, up for it. Yeah. To make up for it, to make my parents life easier. They're really good parents and they're really, really great people. Like cool as shit too. Just very cool people. Um, we raised the Satanist. No, Jewish. Yes. No, 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 no. Jew, Jew, Jew. But well, my mom came from like an Orthodox Jewish family, but she was not Orthodox. And my dad's like a plant scientist, so he is like, "Oh, you don't want to go to synagogue? Read Siddhartha." And I'm like, huh, "Radical." Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, they were not strict on me because I was pretty good, and I got a job just as soon as I could. I got a job. Um, when I was 15 and so I started I didn't drink I didn't smoke I didn't do drugs I stayed out late because I wanted to hang out with old people and that's it um older old older not like old like 70 old like 21 and I was like 16 Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. I just wanted to hang out with them and I wasn't doing anything I dated a couple of them but they knew that they met they met everyone at noise house like they were my friend patrick who was like the leader of noise house is this like 450 pound german bald man with a huge septum piercing like a bull's septum piercing and he would come over for dinner like with my like jewish family and Aww. you know it was great yeah That's my parents so are cute. super accepting so um they really gave me probably too much of a pathway to be who i am but hey yay no that sounds awesome awesome. so when you're sneaking out of the house were you having sex what was going on yeah sorry mom Uh, (laughs) 10 out of 10 she'll listen to this too the most supportive person on the planet hi mrs evan oh she'll kill you call her aunt vicky hi aunt vicky (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you for raising us such a good daughter yes thank you mom but yes i did sneak out i I sorry she can really get it she knew i got camel wads yeah i mean i just coughed my way through that but Yeah, no, I would definitely go have sex with them. Yeah, I made this, like, I made a resolve for myself when I was, like, 15 that I wanted to lose my virginity when I was 16 because that's a number that I heard in movies. And also, that was the age of consent in Texas. So, yeah, I planted seeds real early, got a job at 15 and a half. This is very calculated. I am a psychopath. That is how I lost my virginity. That was very calculated. Yeah, you gotta be, honestly. So, yeah, I, like... (laughs) I got a job at 15 and a half, started planting seeds, like pick the one I want. And then I found him right when I turned 16 and I was like, I'm going to lose my virginity to you. And he was like, oh my God. The first thing you said to him ever? Well, no, I was like, hey, what's up? She planted seeds. I planted seeds. I said, hey, what's up? Sorry, I'm not a 15. I I never was a 15 girl. Honestly, me planting seeds is just me being like, was was up? What's up? <laughs> yeah. So what are you doing? You like you good though? You really good though? Uh, yeah, no, I'm not good at flirting. Um, I am good at saying I'd like to have sex with you though. Okay, yeah. Um, That's really all that matters. It yeah. is because at the end of the day, like this is what we're get- when I get there. When I get to the bedroom times, then I can be a different person. But if we're just talking, I can't. I can't let that bedroom Rachel out. No, <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, I planted seeds and then I lost my virginity and then I tried to break up with him like four times, um, but he wouldn't let me. And then I finally did, because I want to sleep with other people. I just lost my virginity. I was so excited. Like mm. it was a whole new world. Like, I'm in the game now. I'm totally in the game. You felt no attachment to him because he was your first. No. Yeah, that's a thing. Oh, interesting. That's a Not thing. when you engineer I did. it. Yeah. I did. did because, well, he was my boyfriend, but 
I, that made it more like, I think I, it subliminally heard my dad be like, it was really important to me that your mom was a virgin or whatever. Whoa. And then I was like, oh, I should probably stay with this loser for longer. Forever. Yeah, no, that's one thing that I learned pretty early on was that sex was part of life and it's not something that you should be ashamed of. My mom always tries to talk to me about sex and I'm like, I gotta go. Um, (laughs) Not into it. Certain things, not for mom. That's fine. That's so cool of her though to like, it actually makes it like a not a shameful thing if your mom's trying to that's really nice. Totally. It, my, I basically was just like running away from sex and my parents were like, not my dad is like, pretends like I do. I am a Barbie doll. Like mm. I have nothing. That's how he sleeps at night. Yeah. No, I had a boyfriend. <laughs> I had a boyfriend like two years ago, come over and we slept in the same bed and he was just like, he could not process it. When I got on birth control when I was 16, which is when my mom, we didn't have the talk, but she was like, ah, I gotcha. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go like get birth control. And he was like, why? I was like, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this right now? Because I'll do this. Are we going to scrap right now? Yeah. No, no, I don't want to do this. Put him up. Yeah. No, he just kind of, he went, ah, and then he walked away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so did you finally lose, you finally lost the boyfriend and then. Finally got rid of him. And then I dated a bunch. I dated uh, everyone I worked with. <laughs> uh, just <laughs> literally. Shout out Noise House. You're like, I no, have never, no, never heard Noise House. They were like the supportive ones. Don't shit where you eat. No, 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 no. I was 16. Yeah. I was like, this You're is like, the this only is place the only to way. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I was not. I went to a Jewish school. I was not about to lose my virginity to one of those dweebs. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And I they know that. it. They're dweebs. All of them. Imagine a 15-year-old boy right now. Yuck. Ew. I felt I that way. and I don't want to. I got my period when I was nine. Like, I was a woman for a long time. Wow, nine Did is you? early as hell. Yeah. Nine is early. I think I was just about to turn 12, which also seemed early. very That is yeah. early, too. It is early. But it just is third grade, right? I don't know. Something like that. It's early. It's so it early. was really early, and I was a woman before everyone else and so i was just watching these babies grow around me and i was like i just want to bone everything and y'all are y'all ain't it like this is not it and so i found like big beautiful men like i uh my first was perfect because he was like kind of a man boy first thing he did this is sad and i also don't want men to feel shame about this and i don't want them to think I'm, i'm not making fun of him it's just what he's it was very when i was losing my virginity he goes I'm sorry, my penis isn't bigger. Oh. And I was like, oh, sweetie. Oh, I'm not yeah. supposed to feel pity before you enter me. 21. Who's 21? I was 16. Was it a, a dick that needed an apology? Yes, it was. Oh. Well, here's what I'll say about that. Not like you would have known at the time. It's, well, exactly. It's yeah. the perfect first. This yes. It's the perfect first. But also, I've had great sex with people who have had similar penises. Mm-hmm to his but i'm also a woman now and not 16 but i kind of did this funny like gradual like uptick where like all of them just got bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> until finally it was just like i gotta go back yeah. this train's gotta come it's back down <laughs> it's how you stretch your ears when you get gauges you're exactly, just like starting that, with a small one yeah slightly bigger and then i was like okay i need to take these gauges out and like yeah, let's go get away. some normal ears back. <laughs> yeah, you get some normal ears. Exactly, some boyfriend ears. Um, yeah, no, I. Uh, uh, yeah, it was fine. I don't. I don't remember. I mean, I remember it was on a futon, and ooh, ooh, this is funny. It was back when you could put CDs into a TV and play it as like a CD. Oh yeah, right. oh yeah. It was what a golden era that was. He worked in somehow worked in the music industry, and I don't remember how, but he got a demo of this cool CD that was about to come out in like six months, and he got the first demo or something like it. And it was MGMT. Oh. So of course, oh, cool. I lost my virginity to the youth, <laughs> um, which is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, no, it was pretty cute, and like we dated for a while after that. Uh, but then I moved to France for a little bit. And Dope. I, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Just to get away from him? Or? Do you fucking <laughs> wish? Did you, <laughs> did you fuck any French dudes? No. They what? were too scared. They were too scared. 
It was insane. They what could they not scared get of? it together. Vaginas. Ooh, yeah. Tell us about the cultural yeah, difference. Yeah, this is crazy. Tell couldn't us more. Couldn't get it together. First of all, they, well, they they. I'm scared to make generalizations because the internet sucks. But what I will say is that when I lived there, teens mature at a much slower rate. Things happen much more slowly for them. They have greater understanding about concepts like intimacy, mm. but that is reserved for not romance like yes romance if you get to that point if you are like there were people who were in relationships that were like whatever but not the way that i knew it not what i wanted i guess um and there was this one guy batiste who i had yeah i had such a big (laughs) crush on him he had such a big crush on me and the whole time i lived there it was just those stupid conversations that you have with friends where they're like you like each other when you and then i'm sitting there like yeah man like do something and then finally i realized he was never going to do anything so i started working at a fruit stand outside of the church because there was a guy there who looked like bob dylan yes so i was like that's the one and he was like you're like i'll have that jewish guy yeah (laughs) yeah tan just selling cantaloupes just all that curly hair i'm even on board i know it was good nah big cantaloupes too yeah Yeah, big organic cantaloupes and he i know (laughs) um but no he um simply wasn't interested in me (laughs) you just like wouldn't make a move no no, wouldn't even make like part of a move. Wouldn't oh, move man. It was to be horny in France and not be getting. I know. I would think that in they France. Would, That's upsetting to me. It's not. It's not. I'm much more of like a Texas bone. Honestly, <laughs> I am. I am. I would find Texas bones. Is my honey butter rub? chicken biscuit? What are we talking? <laughs> no, that's Memphis. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my god, wet rub. It was it, no more of a honey butter chicken biscuit for sure. But um, no, no, I, I'm, I'm like the kind of like oh, romance that they wanted was not something that I was willing to give anybody. So I was not cute. I, I mean, what you know, physically maybe like I was. I was pretty hot at 16 because I was a boxer. So I was like pretty like fit and hot, but I was not like cute and I couldn't pull that together. I couldn't, I couldn't be that for them. You can do the French vibe at the moment. Could not. So, okay. You came back from France. Then I boned a bunch. Yeah. You boned a bunch. Back to calculated boning. Exactly. Not going to get rejected by any cantaloupe men here. Nope. 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 Was not getting rejected by any men. And then, then I learned that, you can be selective. That's when I learned that. Like, oh, oh no one's going to say no. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I guess I'll just hone in. So when did you come out to L.A.? Five years ago. Okay, from Texas? No, I went to school in Chicago. I finished early and uh, came out here for a job. Okay, cool. Yeah. And what's who have you been dating since you got? Oy vey. Well, you were dating a comic when you got here. So when did was when did comedy? Is that Chicago? I was I was dating a comic when I got out here because I did an internship when I was in school. Met him at a comedy club. Well, yeah, met him at a comedy club. We started kind of talking at this after party in San Diego Comic Con, and then kept talking. Started a long distance thing. Then I moved out here December thirty first. And was dating him. And it... it, it was, <laughs> listen, it was fine. It, it, it was tough. I was very young. I moved out here. And he was very um, notable oh, really? in his career. Yes. And so I was very quiet for about a year. <laughs> oh, man. That yeah, it does. Especially for, like, me, you know? Yeah, you don't seem like the quiet type. Well, I was working in representation. I was a completely different person. Like, you know, I, I really was that person for a little bit. Or at least I wanted to be. And then I was like, oh, God, I'm so exhausted. And I have so many things to say. And none of these people respect me. So I just got to get the hell out of Dodge. How did you become who is this? sitting before us today? <laughs> this, yeah. this goddamn mess. Uh, well, I, I, oh God, it sounds a little dramatic to say out loud, but like getting out of that relationship really opened a lot. Cause I don't want to, he's not a, he's, 
No, I it's totally get bad. that. It's yeah, not, it's not bad or good. It's right. It's just right. Me. Exactly. And there's a person for him and we're still friends and there's a person for him who he needs and I am not that person and God bless. But um, when I got out of that relationship and I got out of that job, like working in representation is horrifying. <laughs> it's horrifying. I, I was put on a partner desk right when I graduated at a management firm passed out in the bathroom for like three hours because he wouldn't let me take a lunch break. Like just crazy, 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 crazy stories. And I finally, I was working at in this international sales and acquisitions company. uh, Oh, you were really going for it. Oh no, no. I was like (laughs) a business person. Like I was a sales and acquisitions associate for North America for an international uh, uh, distribution company. So I was doing that having a lot of sleep paralysis. And then for some reason, I don't know why. And then I took a lift somewhere and I noticed that he had a lanyard from WrestleMania. And I was like, Oh, I love wrestling. Let's talk all about it. And so it was a lot, it was serendipitously a long ride. And so we got to talk about it and he's like, Oh, you actually know a lot about wrestling. And so, (laughs) which, you know, I think when people say they like wrestling, they're like, you know, like the rock or something, you know, whatever. But, um, which is fine. I don't want to, Oh God, I'm so careful about judging people. It's annoying. But who's the he, rock? Oh, cool. No, I'm just <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> but he, um, he was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm actually cameraman for this after show where we talk about wrestling, and you should come to it." And I was like, "You're a cameraman, and you're telling me I should just come to this set?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll be fine." And I d- am dumb, but good dumb, and trusted this stranger, and he drove me to this thing, and I talked to the people and we got along and they put me on the panel and then I stayed there for three years Mm. and then yeah yeah and then from that I started yeah doing YouTube stuff I started getting hired for gigs and somebody hired me to create snarled so um there was like a big actually the old distribution company I worked for bought a digital media company super fun super exciting oh okay so and then the skills from that life that you were trying to exactly. make yourself live actually became very relevant exactly in so what you really do exactly because like for me it's I'm very controlling and I need to understand what's happening at every point of production every point of the process. And so learning those skills were really important for me. And then I come from a theater background and I always kind of push that down because I was never good enough. Honestly, truly, I'm just not. And when I came out here and realized like, Oh, I don't have to act. I can just like talk about wrestling. Cool. I can do that. So I got hired to create snarled and I did, and I created it as a platform for female creators and I did some true crime stuff there. And then I got hired on to do some more wrestling stuff. And here we are. That's awesome. Yeah. You so, always liked wrestling. Yeah. I mean, so when you were kind of growing up, yeah. did, do you feel like the wrestling was like, cause you were saying you were, you were attracted like the, the freaks and stuff. Do you feel like, cause you dated a wrestler too. Yeah. You said who are better comics or wrestlers. Ooh, wrestlers. Yeah. Wrestlers are more... She did not have to even think about that for an extra second. Well, because they're equally damaged, which I find interesting if manageable. Um, Yeah, totally. Comics to wrestlers. Yes, 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 yes. Here's the thing about wrestling. Here are all the things that are different about comedy and wrestling. First of all, wrestlers, super jacked. Second of all... Comics, not so much. Some of them. Two of them, I think. Um... (laughs) But yeah, like who, like Iffy, and that's what I, it. Oh, I love Iffy. He's, so he's nice. one of my favorite humans on the entire, like this whole planet. Shout out to Iffy Waterway, my the baby. Podcast he does with Danny Fernandez, who we've had on this podcast, Nerdificent. Tune into that. Yeah, please do. I both are two of my best friends. Hell yeah, hell yeah, dude. Just side plugs <laughs> all along that. the way. Side plugs. Um, Aunt Vicky. The yeah, Aunt, to Aunt Vicky and Uncle Rich. He gets forgotten. Don't call him Uncle. That's fucking weird. But <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, Rich. I don't know. Don't call me anything. I just I gotta go. Um, I think is the most notable difference between wrestlers and comics is that wrestlers must work together. They have to. Mm. You have to work together to make the the product good. That's and the antithesis to comedy. Exactly. Comedy. Exactly. Exactly. The point of wrestling, when you get into the ring, it is a game of respect and you are trusting the person. Cause what you're doing, whenever people say wrestling is fake, it gets me real heated. Cause like, 
the outcome is predetermined, but what you're looking at is real. So when you get into that ring with somebody, you are trusting them with your literal life. People yeah, have died. They don't cripple you. Yeah. yeah it's like David a, you worked almost together. died last week. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. Those photos were insane of him bleeding. Yes. Holding his jugular. Yeah. Oh, that so was he, crazy. But the th- what says so much about wrestling and this, any wrestler would have done this. Any good wrestler would have done this. The first thing he said was it was my fault. I panicked and I looked up. I, I, I did the spot wrong. And that is so indicative of wrestling as a whole. It's about support. It's about community. It's about being other than and supporting the other and lifting them up. And there's something in, there's a concept in wrestling called putting over where you are an old established wrestler and you'll have a match with a new person and you'll lose to that person to put them over to be like, welcome to the world. Oh, that's exactly. So exactly. So like, there's something about wrestling that lends itself to a, a more feeling person, which is, I think funny. People don't really expect that. Yeah. I'm surprised by it. Yeah. And I found that for me, like I love comedy. I working in it was awful for me. I'm not a comedian and I would never try or want to be. So that witnessing that world and the way that the world works within the comedy community and how toxic it is and how, negative it can be made me see how much good there is in wrestling and there's a lot to be said about wrestling you know a lot but they can't take the group the community away from it so that's really beautiful i love it i had a friend explain wrestling to me uh shout out dean douglas terry he's a denver comic okay and he explained wrestling to me in a way that i understood because before i was like i truly do not get what the appeal is Mm -hmm. i was like you know what you were saying i was like well it's obviously fake but also i just don't even get why anybody would care and he goes no 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 the wrestlers have these like epic backstories and like there's plot development and Mm -hmm. it's like it's a soap opera it's Mm -hmm. not any different than any following any show you like Mm -hmm. it's the same but in addition to them having those storylines where you can cheer for them they also are performing these feats of physical strength that are really incredible so it's like imagine all of your favorite actors from like the office but they're mm-hmm. also like olympians or whatever <laughs> you know happen, i don't know i just you can't. it made me no it made me really see differently because before i just didn't understand why anybody would want to and then i was like oh yeah of course because even when i watch basketball which i'm a big fan of like you know you know the backstories for the players and you're like oh yeah he's been having you know trouble with his foul shot and oh he actually did this and this and oh well did you know his like it's it's all the same yeah we we cheer for people the same whether it's a movie a tv show uh wrestling anything they're a singer we like that we like to follow a trajectory we like to know little tidbits and it's like to think that you're better than wrestling just because it's something you don't understand it's like no i think it's worthwhile just to see what makes some people really go crazy and then it opens you wrestling fans are so into wrestling we all have a couple friends where it's like that's it's very cool the point of wrestling is to elicit a, a reaction so unlike any other sport that's why they call it sports entertainment is that everything they do has a point to it everything they do is to get a reaction from you and so wrestling fans are the most unabashed passionate fans because we are taught from a young age that you boo the bad guy you cheer the good guy and you make sure the ref is paying attention and you make sure that you know the counts and you make sure that you know the chance because you're part of this community every wrestling show is like rocky horror picture show i fucking loved rocky i did rocky in college it's the best and if you go to an at Los Angeles, California has the best indie wrestling in all of this. Oh, we should go. It's the best. Yo, go. you're selling me hard on it. Yeah, yeah you'll have to. I have friends who go to it. Okay, we gotta go. This Can Wednesday. we do it? We should. Uh, I'm gonna I be will out legit. Of town. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Can send we do when I come back, dude? I'll Can send we do you a guys, reality bites trip to wrestling. Yeah. yeah, I'll send you guys links to all the wrestling shows coming up. There's one coming up this Wednesday. I'm so sorry you're gonna be out of town because it's amazing. It's at this warehouse called the 1720 downtown, which is where Eric Andre had his birthday party. I was gonna say yeah, I got yeah. 1720. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was very fun. Um, good times. I walked in there and I was like, I've seen this place with more ponies in it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, uh, they have this amazing wrestling show called Bar Wrestling, which is like 
people taking their butts out and it's just it's a good time the, the only thing i can think to say is people taking their butts out fuck yeah you sold me it's on like butts. you brought a full circle right back to the butts oh thank well, god <laughs> wait we have more because i must i need to talk about this satanism thing sure. a little bit because mm. it doesn't even mean what i thought it meant no it doesn't yeah it's atheism well in a way yeah it kind of is right yeah no it totally is it's um well okay the thing about satanism people think that there's a deity named satan but in order for you to believe in a theist satanism which is doesn't exist i mean theism means religion Mm -hmm. satanism means not that it means to be adverse to so in latin Adver- uh, Satan means adverse. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, like how hell isn't actually like fire. It's just a world with no religion. Exactly. No. So, yeah. So, uh, people often think that Satanism, because of the name, means that you believe in a Satan or a devil. But uh, Satanists don't believe in the concept of of theist religion therefore cannot believe in a satan or a devil or an antithesis to god because what it really just means uh to be adverse to it doesn't mean what people think it means it really just means that you are you look to yourself for answers one of the major tenets of satanism is that you never defy science science is science and you go by science um i do love science science is good science is great um you don't do anything that would harm another person ever really oh, that's never that. it's never. like the democratic yeah. oath but yeah. for regular people exactly that yeah. doesn't seem like it would be a satanism you would tenet. think but the thing satanism the reason why i'm hesitant to say atheism because it's more like humanism they oh, believe that's that, what i believe yeah you're a satanist yeah unfortunately i'm sorry we're all satan but satan loving wrestling people now exactly really thank you welcome us. welcome yeah. to my coven yeah no it's it's humanism it's believing that you are the power you are your god you are god and so i've always believed this i remember reading leaves of grass like walt whitman and he said something very similar to this like i am god i like i am large i contain multitudes like what i'm looking at is what's real and what i see is god and that's what satanism is it's i am Every, every every institution I could ever need or lean on is inside of me, but the only way that that's, that's, that sounds egotistical, but you are ego, you're a collection of experiences, mm-hmm. and your own brain is how you choose to perceive all those collections of experiences. So, like, of course, like, you can only lean on yourself to know what's right for your own life, but you will only know what's right for your own life if you do yourself the favor of getting to know other people's lives mm. and having empathy for those lives and loving them. And uh, that's very beautiful. Yeah, bring it into yourself. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I heard you talk about that and chaos magic. Yeah. And there was some tangential uh talk of masturbation energy which is something that we've talked about on the show is people setting an intention Mm -hmm. and masturbating can you talk to us a little bit about this yeah absolutely yeah i love it so the most you ever feel like the most energy you'll ever expel is during orgasm it's it's not just because of the orgasm it's the moments before the orgasm the moments that you you keep inside of yourself and you'll feel yourself when you're about to come like enter yourself a little bit Mm -hmm. and then you expel so you contract and you expand and that energy that specific moment is where your magic is and obviously this is brain stuff and this is magical thinking is all about like i said before you choose not to care and you say i i you know this is what I believe and this is what I believe no matter what. And that's what magical thinking is really. So masturbation, uh, masturbation sigil is essentially a sigil is you take your intention, you make a symbol out of it. So there's a technical way to do it. You break down the letters and you make it, you make out of the letters, you make a symbol. And then what you're supposed to do is masturbate. So you're by yourself Um, you can do, you can come to like, if you're with a partner that you love and you want to share that with that person, totally fine. I think some people would say not, but I think do whatever you want. Like this is magic with a K (laughs) do whatever you want. Exactly. Like there are books, but like read them and laugh, whatever you make a sigil 
based on your intention and you look at that sigil while you're coming at the moment, at the moment you contract and you expand and you you were one with that intention and then you never think about it again. And that's the important part that a lot of people I think have a problem with is that's once hard. They, How it's do you hard. not think about something well, once again. Once you make a sigil, you find yourself not dwelling on that intention anymore because you've it's already Something that psychologists will tell you is that no matter how many times you say something out loud, you say it in your head 10 times more. So before you ever verbalize something, it just repeats and repeats and repeats in your head. It's like a loop. Exactly. So once you're ready to get that, once you've marinated that intention, and that's the important, that's the major part is like that intention is marinated inside of you and you have to achieve it. Once you get to that point, you manifest it, you put it into a sigil, you put it into physical representation. And then once you connect with it in that moment of orgasm, because you are, you're fully outside of yourself, nothing else matters except for what's directly in front of you. I'm sure anybody who has ever come feels that way. The moment you come, it's like the only thing that matters is what's directly in front of me. And if anyone moves a single inch, I will die. Um, so if you are connecting with that intention at that moment, just think about it psychologically that sticks with you in a way that no sentence ever could, that no like journal entry ever could because you have this. And I have a tons of sigils all over my, all over my house, all over my office. And I have no idea what they mean anymore, but I trust that they've come true because I'm happy and I'm good. So, so it's worked for you. I think so. Oh, cool. This is really beautiful. So. And I love I it. I love this so much. Okay. Last question. Yeah. Are you single? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yep. I'm Ooh. so single, dude. Okay. Someone's is going to get Is there lucky. like a Satanist uh, dating app? No, I would hate that. I'm sure they would all be awful. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm very hesitant to call myself anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because like, yeah. I believe in tenets of Satanism because I believe in humans but well, then yeah so all the dating all the dating yeah no i'm i'm actually like i did my, i've had a ton of fun and i would i would love to just chill out and meet Ch- someone meet someone yeah but that also means they have to be chill with i mean we'll probably i can't you know i can't promise that i'm not gonna be like she's cool right <laughs> you know <laughs> like i can't promise that but uh but yeah, I would love like a semi-normal thing. I've never had that kind of. Well, you're putting it out into the world now. Yeah, make a sigil. I know. I'm too scared to make it. You can't make a sigil based on other people. It's got to be inside stuff. I can't oh, you be can like be inside stuff. Like I'm ready to meet. Yeah, I'll put know? myself. Maybe it's maybe it's me putting myself in a good position right, to do that. Exactly. Yeah, to yeah I feel that or whatever. I feel that. Oh, I love this. It's been so fun getting You're to know you. Yeah, this is great. This is a great time. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me mm-hmm. all over the internet at Rachel Sam Evans or Rachel Sam Vans. It depends on how your brain works. But yeah, all over. I'm Definitely all over. follow her on Instagram. It is <laughs> we're going to so go. We're going to go see some wrestling. Ass shots, yes. wrestling, Satanism, being a good person. Hell what yeah. did you not get out of this interview today? <laughs> You motherfuckers are so goddamn lucky. <laughs> this was so fun. Thank you so much, oh Rachel. Oh my god, I Thank had you. such a good time. I hope you guys liked the latest episode of Reality Bites. If you liked what you heard, you better smash those five stars. And if you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a free sex goodie from Doc Johnson. OMG. So send those screenshots or questions or love letters to realitybitespod at gmail.com. That's bites with a Y.